0: Welcome back to Two Homers and a Realist. We have returned from the Jayhawk land with a loss, 33-38. to 38. Kansas defeats the Sooners in what was a cold, wet, and just basically awful, awful day to experience as a Sooner fan. Sitting in the stands and um, seeing your team come up short in so many ways, we're going to have a lot to cover. I'm Steve.
1: I'm Connor. Lucas.
0: Three of us were at the game and we have got a lot to rant about. This entire pod is probably just going to be described as one gigantic realist rant. But before we get to that, let's talk about a couple things that were were really good, and that starts with our sponsor, Tobacco Exchange, sponsor of the Postgame Pods for this season. We really appreciate them. Um, As you know, three great locations throughout the metro area, the best staff, the best pricing, and um, really the, the best uh, opportunity to, to get your cigar that is right for you. We got something that we won't be able to enjoy because it's so cold and wet right now and we're so worn out we're not ready to smoke and enjoy it but they gave us um, a Leaf by uh, Oscar 10-year anniversary cigar so we're really looking forward to that. We'll enjoy that when, when it's a a sunny or happier day. This is not a day to celebrate though. Um, one of the other things that I mentioned that, that was good was the flyover. It started with a really cool flyover today. A couple F-16s, they did some maneuvers and they and they did two they did a pre-game, like a pre-pre-game pass. Then they came over to the national anthem and there was two passes involved in that. They circled around and came back again. And then from there on it just sucked.
2: Yep.
0: Yep. So I hope we're not just all over the page. We're going to cover a lot of things, but I want to make sure we kind of flesh all this out as partly just therapeutic and partly to get our minds around where we actually are as a football team and where we're headed to hopefully paint some realistic expectations. Um, This was just awful all around. I would say every facet of the game was a disappointment. Um, Not just the broad areas of offense, defense, and special teams um, which would include of course coaching across the board but every specific aspect and specific position groups had their moments of disappointment today. Um, I don't know if you can come up with a good enough excuse about flu ravaging the team. It does not appear that that was the case, actually. But it was like everyone was just taking a leave of absence from being disciplined, knowing their job, executing their job, and making good judgment calls uh, across the board. Um, Let's start with coaching, because that's the most vital and important part of it all. We had a lot to complain about, I think, today in terms of coaching uh and the, the shortcomings that we saw who wants to start and what do they want to talk about
1: oh uh, I, I can <clears throat> kind of kick us off there um it, it was just i think i said it a little bit and maybe i just mentioned it last night at dinner but uh a lot of this game was going to boil down to whether or not our, our coaching um was where it needed to be because talent wise we're the better team in every facet of the game. Um, we got coached a lot today. Um, I think we can all speak to some of the things that we saw, but uh, Brent Venables kind of took the high road and fell on his own sword uh, today after the game, blaming himself for the loss when this entire this entire thing boils down to one single person, and that is Jeff Levy. And his just ineptness, his stubbornness, whatever you want to call it, um, cost us the game today. And... It's just, I, I don't know, it's it's baffling to to see a coach who is as highly touted as that guy um, coming into this job, who is, you know, respected in this peer group as, as a great offensive mind, completely just not be able to define his offense. Uh, we've talked about it in the past, we we're talking about it just for the pod, um, and we can maybe bring it up later, but... He hasn't coached a number of games at OU where we've just left saying, "Man, that was a stellar offensive performance." And then when he has, you know, the the Florida State the the Florida State game uh, last year, the the Iowa State game this year, there's never been a strong sense of him building off of that success that he has. It's like a one off thing, and then we go back into the shell and are completely unproductive. So. That's my rant on the on the on that side of the coaching, uh, Lucas. What else from a, a coaching standpoint did you see? Uh, in- inconsistencies on defense, of course, today, which
2: we've been happy with defense all season. It seemed like not having Gentry Williams was a major blow today. Um, when it was in crunch time, we had him down to the fourth and ten. Brent didn't call timeout. Um, we were in our section. There was about ten or twelve of us yelling, "Call timeout." Um, didn't happen.
0: Brent after the game said he wishes he would have called timeout. It was clearly a, the the right call at the time. Jay that one of Jay's notes that he sent to me was about the he called it idiotic decision to call a timeout rather than take the delay of game at one point and and then and in the so second half in the second half and yep. so you look at a couple and we'll go back to these and when we really cover the very end of the game but this these decisions on when to and, and and then not taking a timeout when it's so clear that you should. I mean, it, it's... I mean, we were a little...
2: That's why my voice is hoarse, was
0: mainly yelling... Timeout. <laughs> timeout, timeout. Call a timeout, timeout, Brent. I kept going yell, fourth call a timeout, Brent. If you stop them, the game, the game, is, game over. is over. Yes. It is worth burning a timeout. Plus, it stops the clock in a, in a way that's helpful for you because right. you're probably and did need to get the ball back. Yep. But... And then,
2: so on that final play, Kenai Walker kind of lost his guy, and they ended up catching the ball on the sideline and getting the first down. And then, I don't know, what was that, 50 yard line ish? So, with a minute, I don't remember, minute and a half left or something like that. Um, so, that was coaching blunders. Um, it didn't seem like we got as much push from the defensive line today for some reason. Now, there were a bunch of non holding calls, especially in the final two drives. We'll get to that later. But um, it, it just, it, not having Danny Stutzman in the second half definitely hurt, even though Kip Lewis worked really good. Uh, in the first half, Kanick was in the right position a lot and never made the tackles, it felt like. Um, many times we were getting him, you know, within a yard or two of the line of scrimmage, is where he was at, and just getting either completely whiffing or, you know, uh, just maybe touching
0: their leg and then running past him. That was one of another one of Jay's notes is that Canick's not ready and Kip is clearly better.
2: Yeah, I was, and then so the second half there was a lot of Kip Lewis and Kobe McKenzie in there. Um, I saw Brent yelling and Canic's you know, right in his face after a missed tackle in the first half, and you know, kind of stood him on the sideline in timeout. Um, I don't know. There's there's so many problems today that it's it's like you said we're going to be all over the place just stream of consciousness because Mm -hmm. there's so much wrong and we didn't get a chance to take notes like we normally do during the game because of the rain um so it's going to be more just free flowing jumping around
0: so and of course we discussed this after the game on a five-hour drive home from the game in the rain the whole way (laughs) yeah the rain the whole way and and so we hopefully can cover everything that most everyone else knows probably i think everyone as we reach out and are talking to friends and other people and we're seeing it on twitter everybody's keying in on the same stuff mm-hmm. keeping it around coaching for the moment one of the things that's things that's very clear is uh jeff levy is highly responsible for how pathetic the situation was today yep. and it really draws into concern and i'm going to ask the question should he be on the official hot seat? Should he be in a position where he needs to fight for his job? I think he should.
1: Uh, absolutely. I mean, and I know some people may kind of wince at that. It's it's our first loss of the season, um, but again, this has been trouble in the making for a while. Um, I mean you you go back to you go back to the the Texas game. You know, yeah, we win the game. Amazing, emotional win we're stalled out for most of the middle of yep. that
0: game. Yep. Um, something that we pointed out, and I spent a lot of time pointing out to everyone who was basking in the glory of it all, to say, you would not be feeling this way if certain things didn't happen. Yep. And, it's, and yeah, you can say these certain things did happen and things looked great because of it, and there's, you, you can be proud of actually accomplishing something, but keep in mind, you didn't have to be in that position. And both Dylan Gabriel and Jeff Levy put us in that position in that game, and we saw and we'll get to Gabriel in a bit. We saw a lot of that today with things that Jeff Levy was doing strategically. It seemed like he didn't have a, an understanding of exactly what was going to be effective or why it was going to be effective. Uh, he was He has no be, idea. It, it, like there's
1: no there's no sort of I mean we've talked about rhythm a lot. There's just such a lack of identity of of what we want to be as an offense. Like we were talking about it in the car on that on the ride home that you just mentioned is All this pre-snap movement and trying to, you know, confuse the defense and stuff. It looks completely gimmicky, and it looks like something that a team like Kansas should have to do to be effective. And you, you said it well in the car. Teams that have a noticeable talent deficit are the teams that do that kind of crap. We should not have to do that. And some of the personnel decisions, it's just... And it's I don't ba- know what baffling. it does. I have no yeah, the, idea. the personnel
0: decisions, and that—that that is something that is obviously a coaching decision. This Stogner is playing way too much. He's just playing way too much. Um, we are—we are having a running back. We're having a wide receiver line up as running back. It caused a fumble today. It,
2: it after we'd run the ball perfectly right down the right yeah, down the field on the previous drive. Actual running Walker was so back.
0: good today, yeah. and, and we go away from it. And, and that was before his injury, right? That was before yeah. his injury, yeah. And so, well, we
1: run fruit back there, <clears> and then I think we, we're running uh, Freeman back there some yeah. without. I mean, I, it's I know this is stuff you work on in practice, like you say, but you have you have a running back who's finally being productive, and you're choosing to break his rhythm.
0: Well, this is game
1: eight of he the had season, ninety-seven yards. You at half shouldn't
0: time. be figuring this stuff out now. This should have already percolated to some solutions weeks ago so that you have an understanding of what you can and can't do, should and shouldn't do. And if you're going to put a a guy that's small like a wide receiver back there but who's fast, run him to the outside if that's what you think you lack. But what's funny is we're not lacking breakaway speed. We're lacking somebody even getting to the second level. (laughs) So it's not an issue unless, unless it's quickness and we don't have the right quickness at running back. And I don't think that's the case. I think we have a lack of vision and maybe a lack of coaching. To show them where the hole is going to develop and what to look for, and quit second guessing yourself and double cutting, triple cutting. You know, Gabriel had many moments today where he was on what would have been a successful run. Instead of just running, he is cutting back and forth and getting caught. Yeah, he
1: looked like he was stuck in mud today. It was
0: it was tough to watch.
2: We said on the pregame pod, I said on the pregame pod that I was really hoping that against this defense we would try to get outside more with the running backs, and instead it was jet sweep. Left, jet sweep right, jet sweep left, and then it was. Um, or throw to the Drake, man in motion. Drake's in motion, drape, sweet, and you throw sweet, it to him sweet. behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah. Uh, Gabriel was what eleven of nineteen today,
0: and
1: uh, no, one uh, of the stats. No, he was uh, fourteen of nineteen. Are
0: you sure? Yeah, I mean I got the stats. And right I would here. bet fourteen of nineteen. Half of those were basically twelve well, tosses. Yeah, tosses, and that would if that doesn't include the. The, the one or two that were backwards passes that yeah. count as runs. Yeah. But they're basically the same thing.
1: Right. But yeah, I think you were about to say it. Yeah. He, going into that last drive, he'd only, he had only thrown 12 passes the entire game. Yeah. That's insane. And, and I get it's raining and crap, but... And out of those 12,
2: only two of them were further than like seven or eight yards. Right. Everything was the sideways or... I mean, the words, everything was sideways. Everything was sideways. Everything
1: was sideways or a toss. It's, and like, that, for the listeners out there and everyone else, that is why we've been critical. And I, again, a lot of this is play calling. A lot of it is Jeff Lebby. But I think a lot of the play calling to Steve, to what you were saying earlier as Standard. well today, is his limitation, is Gabriel's limitation in not being able to throw the ball down the field.
0: So I, and I, I wanted to transition to Gabriel because this is a, we're already naturally getting there. Um, Yeah, I think that's a a really big uh, quandary is to figure out how much of it is Levy, how much of it is Gabriel. I don't know how how much check down or or different options Gabriel has uh, outside of when he's actually executing in the play. He definitely, my term was he went into his shell today. Not a shell, his shell. Mm -hmm. He he went into his tunnel vision. I'm looking for the safety valve. I'm looking for the, the dump off route. I'm checking all the way down to, to stoops, where stoops, find stoops, and it's not effective. It, it's, it's a, obviously, it just stands to reason that that's not going to be a successful way to, uh, to execute an offense, especially when it's struggling and needs production. But the side to side stuff, I don't know if that's Levy and can't figure out a way to get Dylan to throw the ball down the field or if he just has no confidence in him throwing the ball down the field. We saw a few routes that were successful today, but again, he waits so long to see a guy that's open. He hits late in the game on uh, the last drive of the game. It's critical. You have to have... No, no. It wasn't the last drive of the game when he hit... Um, Nick Anderson. Anderson. It was an next-to-last drive. Next-to-last drive. Yeah. And, he, and it was a great pass. He it was wide open. Not it the next-to-last, but yeah, yeah, one of those drives in the fourth quarter. It was, it was a very important drive. We definitely needed to go down and score if we could, and... He waits so long, and then he happens to pop open. What you don't see in on the TV probably is the wide open nature of Thompson on that same play, and that he was he had ran right past he his he had guy. run right past his guy, yeah. and then on the very next play, the very next play is when they run right yeah. when the the safety there's no safety help, and there was no safety help most of yeah. the game. High no high safety. They no high safety. Yeah. They just came up to do run protection, and it's it's like we don't. See that
2: some of it was weather today. Or know what to do, which I understand. You're not going to throw a ton of balls downfield in the pouring rain. But how about a couple? It didn't. It it only poured for moments of the game. Right. It was just a steady, lighter rain most of the game. Cold and wet. But it's it's Dylan Gabriel doesn't throw the ball deep in general very well. But you would think some intermediate routes would be possible in the rain because we saw Kansas throw the ball in the rain. And mm-hmm. I, you would say you'd take Dylan Gabriel over Jason Bean any time. Yeah. But yet they were able to get open on some intermediate, you know, 12 to 18-yard routes, which we didn't. The only one I can remember was even close was the Stogner one. Mm-hmm. And then there was well, one to Stoops, yards, I think, yeah. maybe.
1: Yeah, and that's the thing, too, with these sideways passes. It's We do them so often. we haven't had a successful one go for chunk no. Yardage all no. season. No. No, and you've got speedsters. Or the jet sweeps. And we run, yeah, or the jet sweeps. We, we run them. I, I think our last successful jet sweep was Gavin Freeman's touch last season in the first game of the year. Yeah. Uh, truly, we do not get yardage off of those plays.
0: So we, got, I, we don't get giant yardage. Right. We, we get five and seven yard gains. Yeah. But we made the comment today that every time we do that, it's almost disappointing because you're running a long way to get five yards. And you're stretching a guy out that's a little bit at risk because he's running laterally. So I think fumble risk is a little bit higher. And it just the 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 cost benefit analysis doesn't seem to work out here. Threw really a pick well six here. on it today. Yeah.
1: I mean that's not a direct oh, sideways, but it's oh, three yeah. and one. But yeah. I mean it's Farouk's running like so a two yard little Yeah, let's get into that,
2: that Jeff part Levy said that was an RPO, so he essentially threw Dylan Gabriel under the bus on that.
0: Yeah, he totally. Levy
2: said that was an RPO. I should have just called a handoff. Essentially, is what he said. Um, At Dylan trying to make that throw to the sideline, just he doesn't he doesn't have the arm strength. It was that an throw.
0: exceptionally bad decision. He stared it down the yep. whole way, and and waited too long. Waited again. too long because and he I don't even to know if he was the the past the open. sticks or
2: not. It would. It was like third and two, and it was maybe a three-yard route or Wouldn't something. Wouldn't shock me if like, he was not.
0: I think it was a little deeper than that, but regardless, yeah. it was a, an awful decision. Uh, he throws it too late. If if, if it's a comeback route that's going to work, you you got the ball's got to be out before he makes his move. Yeah, and so,
1: Lucas, exactly what you said. He doesn't have the arm strength to be doing stuff like that, and it's that's another thing that we've been saying for all season. Like, we've seen some of those throws go to the sideline like that, and
0: we are all holding our breath because it looks like it's about to be a pick six. So his zone reads are seemingly just very poor, or he can't do them and he's not allowed to do them? I think those zone reads are
2: handoff, probably 90. They're not zone reads. They're They're, just handoffs that look like zone reads 90%
0: of the time. And he makes mistakes with those or or the play. Well, the nature of that is you you basically, they can be successful like a normal handoff, but the whole concept of his own read is you give the guy at the position the decision making authority to decide what to do. And so if you're not gonna give him that authority, don't run that play. Yeah. Run something that sets. He's up played better.
2: enough college football to be able to tell if the defensive end is crashing down on whether he should keep the ball
1: or not. But I also don't understand like uh, and we talked about it a little bit during the game, but our successful quarterbacks are have been smart in the past. I think Gabriel's a smart guy. <laughs> Jeff Lebby never checks out of those plays when we have potential mismatches Mismatches once the defense lines up. So, I mean, Brennan Thompson was lined up one-on-one with a guy. And, again, no high safety. And, it. I mean, all he has to do is run by him, which he will, and, and all you have
0: to we, do is throw the ball. Up. Just
1: straight draw. Nick, like there's no, we never check out of runs to to check into something better.
2: Nick Anderson had four inches of height on the corner that was on him for had most two most of, of the game. Two targets. And they had a safety on that side, but they would send a Stogner in motion, and then the safety would shift further in because of having to maybe cover Stogner coming out. And we never once tested that guy. With Nick Anderson throwing the ball up to him, even though he's got a huge height and reach advantage over the corner, that you could have just run a eight-yard stop route and him turn around and just throw the ball to him and see what happens because he's got yeah. the height and reach on him. Absolutely. Not that you need to do that every time, but no, you've to run that four times a game and take right. an advantage until, until they start rolling that safety over, and then you're opening the run game because the safety's not coming up.
0: How many offensive plays did we have roughly today? And we always, because we run quick, we have lots of offensive plays. Mm. Uh, as you're looking that up, I bet we can find quite a few plays that are so undesirable in terms of what you expect to get out of them and you're running, so, you're running them so many times. It's easy to say, well, here's 10 or 15 plays we can remove and replace with these things you're talking about. It's not like you're, you're saying there's only one football to go around, so what, what, do you, what do you want to give up to get it? I want to give up all of this crap that is not productive, it's not being productive, and it's actually giving the defense a complete um, uh, get-out-of-jail-free card by not having to cover the entire field. Had 74 offensive plays. 74. I guarantee you we can find 15 of those that, just by design, are easily replaced with something else that we're talking about here that we didn't see one version of today. Yep. You no, know, it's it's very troubling. I, I, I hate to be down on a specific kid, but it's the most important position on the field. And we've been saying it for a while. We've been taking a lot of heat with people we talk to and, and engagements on Twitter. I think we're being proven right, sadly. Dylan Gabriel is above average, and that's it. He is, if you look back at this, the quarterbacks that we've had at this university over the past 20, 25 years, he's going to be middle of the pack. Oh, yeah. And and he's not pressing to, to be above that. Um, now, when it comes back again to to Coach Levy, you have to say, well, you know what you're working with. How do you make that most effective and you're successful with it? And... Do you need to do something by thinking about Jackson Arnold and where you might incorporate him into your offense? Um, I don't know what the, the deal is with that. It seems like they are going to redshirt him, their their lack of playing him at all. He did try to come in last game, and they enforced a timeout uh, by UCF, back, so yep. so it, it appears he was going to get his fourth game in. Yep. Um, I don't know. It's It's just really, really confusing to me that they can't find a way out of this but it comes back to I'm not sure Jeff Lebby is very capable here. No, yep. I I think he's we're we're seeing his shortcomings. He's very unproven. And he doesn't have his resume doesn't look real good. It's not filled with a a, a lot of, of accolades beyond potential. Yeah, it looks like all potential. He's,
1: the, yeah, the people he's been around have I think definitely propped him up.
0: Well, let's transition a little bit and talk about some other things that weren't very good today. Second week in a row that tackling was a problem. A lot of missed tackles, um, uh, getting away from the gang tackling that we we're coming to be known for this season, that's disappointing. Um, I think that injuries are definitely playing into this. Uh, it, we've got some definitely concerned, very concerning injuries with uh, Gentry and Stutzman. Um, one of Jay's notes was he thinks that, that he said there's no way you're going to tell me that Key and, and Pearson are better than Bowen. No way. And so that that's. A Bowen was injured. Today. But Bowen was banged but up. But he was yeah. banged up. Yeah. He was banged up today. So it, again, back to injuries. It's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how we can, uh, what where, where we go from here and what we do in terms of either replacing some guys and getting them healthy. Um, it does go back to something that I wanted to see. One of my hopes was coming into these these last six games on the schedule was. Doing really well and resting guys and keeping not them not having to play all not time. having to play them, keeping them healthy. None of that's happening. No. The opposite is happening. It's it's really concerning and, and very bad. And that just comes home to roost for sure. Well, what do you guys think about? Um, let's talk about the turnovers first. Turnovers very critical today. Farouk not to blame Farouk at all. He happened to be involved in all three of them, but I don't really think any of them were really his fault. Um, you had the you're lining him up as a running back and he gets completely smashed um, and coughs up the ball in that situation we had the, the the kickoff to us which they did exactly to us what we had been doing trying to do and then did to them which was cause them to have a potential in fact a fumble. So they fumble a kickoff on that side that was into the wind and they did the same thing to us and we did the same botch thing but their right
2: their return there. man dropped it. Yeah, we had a defensive lineman. <laughs> Explain to me why Marcus. I don't know Stripling. why Marcus
0: Stripling is in that position. I have that's, no idea either. That's
2: a, that's a massive. That's literally mistake a defensive well. lineman that you've got to catch the ball yep. in front of your return man. But well, I think again, he's supposed it's supposed to into just the be wind. there for blocking. Right. But you've but, got
0: to be prepared to figure out like why is Farouk lined up that far deep?
1: Well, for and Farouk had time. Farouk needs to be running up and telling him move, 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 and like, get call him off yeah, like a center like fielder. A yeah, yeah,
0: call him off like. You don't have to have the full shift on, but you have to know where the ball's probably gonna go. Yep. And you it's okay to back up if they happen to kick one unexpectedly deep into bad circumstances for a kicker. So and then I'm blanking, what is the, the third turnover? Um, uh the pick six. No, the pick six that was the target so, was and, Farouk. Two Farouk, yeah. and I don't think Farouk did anything wrong there. No. I think he executed just so correctly.
2: I gotta blame him for the fumble. I mean yeah, he's been put in a crappy position to be a wide receiver at running back. But you've still got the ball in your hand. You should be able to hold on to it. I know he's undersized, and I guess again it's just such shouldn't a be in that position. But hang on to the ball. Yeah. Yeah. True. He. He also he fumbled the one in the kickoff in Tulsa. Yeah. So it's not completely uncalled, you know, unseen
0: before. That's true. So, what do you guys think about officiating? <laughs> I'd say that at this point, it's so clear. And I have a position on it that I think is a little different than most. But they're either remarkably ignorant and bad at their jobs, or they're crooked, or some combination. And I'm in the some combination where it's 80% incompetence, Mm -hmm. 20% crooked, and only in the case of... I think they have a strong bias against OU. I don't think the fix is in. We all make jokes. I don't think... uh, um, What's his name? Your Mark. I
2: don't think your Mark took a phone call during the couple calls today.
0: I don't think that's happening. But I do think that they are um, deliberately choosing to look, deliberately or inadvertently through their bias, look the other way on things that would be helpful for OU and see things with a little, um, you know, weighted justice for sure. We did get one holding
2: call today. We did. It was a touchdown. Yep. It was the correct call. So I think it, it was so blatant that they had to call it. <laughs> I guess. But I saw about four. Otherwise, that pushes
0: back against the strong conspiracy yeah, theory people. I saw about four of those mean. in
2: the in the final two drives that were plain yes. as day should have been called I and, agree. and weren't. So that was. So I,
0: I, I don't. Not I think surprising. I think that and the fact that the the touchdown by Walker that was a that he then loses the ball. It's not a fumble. They could have yeah, or check. They could have ruled that a fumble if the fix was in. Yeah. And would have. But um, otherwise, no, it's just so pathetic. So we had, I guess the most egregious one in terms of just shaking our heads thinking they got it wrong and maybe we're wrong, was on the tipped ball that was, um, it was tipped by Trace, uh, Trace Ford. Ford yep. And then uh, Billy Bowman doesn't touch it. Right. And even if he does, it doesn't matter because the receiver... Has his left foot still out of bounds? The only argument I think you could have is if Billy touches it, maybe his foot, his toes are off the ground, and he's coming back to establish position because his right foot is inbounds. However, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's my understanding you need two feet in to establish position, not one. I need to ask. I'll, I'll try to well, get according an to what
2: they that. said after the game. They said his right foot. Was all
0: he needed to do to reestablish himself in bounds, which is, we don't think that even happened yeah. right. to begin, and in in the in they came back with a confusing to me confirmed rather than insufficient St- evidence to over yeah. stands, and I don't think there was anything to confirm it. So that I could see the fact that you ruled it one way on the field and you're going to stick with it because it's it's a blurry image and it's mm-hmm. difficult, but. Uh, and and we'll have to get clarification on, on if it's one feet or two feet. But I thought, I thought it was two feet. I thought it, and, it takes
2: two. And they acted like because Trace Ford touched the ball, that it throws out the fact that he has to reestablish before he. He he can't be the first what one. What they to, said on what, the field? Yeah that, yeah, that normally you can't be the first one to touch the ball. Right. I have seen instances where, the team has gotten a turnover on a fumble situation and a and a wide receiver has come back in and then touched the ball and they said illegal touching because he was out of bounds and didn't wasn't the first one to touch the ball
0: mm-hmm.
2: or what was the first one to touch the ball after a fumble by the defense that recovered. And so to me, I don't understand the difference in Trace Ford touching the ball and the quarterback throwing the ball. But that may just be a rule that we don't know.
0: No, I think it's – I think that is the quarter. It's once the ball is in the air, that's when it has to. You can't be the first one to touch it if you're out of bounds. So the quarterback doesn't count. But
2: it's been the same on if a running back fumbles the ball, a wide receiver that's out of bounds can't jump in and touch it. Right. So it had nothing to do with the ball being in the air. Well, that's in the air.
0: It's loose. The ball is uh not being possessed in either case. I think it's the deal. But it was bad. It, the officiating just... And we see bad officiating the more we watch and, and throughout all the leagues. It is a big problem and it'll be interesting to see. I, I don't think we see it in the SEC. I don't think you see it in the Big Ten. But man, the officiating is bad throughout the rest of the, the leagues. Um, uh, the conferences in college. It is just a problem. And I think it's going to be it's something that is a growing problem for the sport if they don't get it corrected. It's embarrassment. It's... It's changing games. Um, it and, and this is not to make an excuse for what happened today. Um, I think that we could have overcome all of that. And you could say that, uh, you know, OU's woes, we're clearly saying OU's woes are not because of bad officiating. It, it's no. because of OU's problems. Um, let's talk about the end of the game because I think that's a, an interesting one to, to dive into, to really get into the coaching miss bad decisions and not to... Overemphasize or dwell on it, but I thought that to give them a little bit of accolade, I thought they did a, a pretty good job of understanding the time left in the game and what they needed to do and how many times they might need to get the ball back, and they they were running clock appropriately and including being hurry up when you kind of needed to have some urgency. Yep. Um, in the in the third to last, second to last um, drives. But just getting the gift of a turnover, of an interception, which they got after they dropped an interception. Key Lawrence, Which is remarkable. Right in his hands. Right in his hands. And to get that gift and then not know that you still need to be aggressive, rather instead try to just play not to lose, was such a big, colossal coaching mistake. Now, the other thing that might be criticized there a little bit is... I'm not sure, but I think they probably were being uh, appropriately aggressive because in in that, not just that drive, but the last two for Kansas, you need to be aggressive because you don't want them to go down the field slowly and get a field goal to win it. You want them either to get off the field right now or go ahead and score, yeah. which they did. But you get that gift, and instead of, in the, in the postgame interview, really – Um, revealed this, it was my prediction, their number one goal was just to make Kansas use their timeouts Mm -hmm. as if getting a first down wasn't going to be important until they had to be in that position. But that was that was a wrong way to look at it. That myopic thinking led us to run three exceptionally conservative plays that had very little chance of success and it's compounded by the fact that once the first one doesn't work the next one is not going to work. Even more so, if you're getting three yards on those carries, well, yeah, now you're going to be really close after three plays. But when you're getting one, it's not going to get you there. Yeah, and then you're, they, up by,
1: you're up by one point too. It's like yeah, you're not consider the
0: game tied. Yeah,
1: I mean, it's it's just that the whole sequence after the after the interception and that the, those three that three and out. We we went minus one run. Baffling
2: timeout. Minus one run timeout. Then we got Dylan Gabriel. Dylan scrambled. Gabriel
0: did not. No, we, had, the, wasn't we a scramble. had a false start. Did, no, no, that was on fourth. No, no, down. No, that was, on, no, four that four was down. on fourth. Okay, so, so Dylan we Gabriel five should just run, run but yep. he does a double cutback and gets tackled, and so now it's fourth and seven, I believe. Mm-hmm. And we line up to go for it, which I yep. liked the call. Uh, I yep. liked the aggression, but Anderson, I think it was going to be a, a, a throw to Anderson. I think, and it, he I think they
2: were finally going to try to abuse the corner that was yep. way shorter than yep. him and and maybe throw it up to him. He gets a false start, and then we decide to punt. Let's talk about the punt.
0: So it's 4th and 12, and I do think probably the right decision there is to punt. 4th and 12 is hard to get. Although, if you're going to throw that pass, you pretty much can throw that pass on 4th and 12 as well as 4th and 7. So, I don't know. I, 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 it's easy to say now that we've lost the game, I'd like them to do something different, but I, kinda, I wouldn't have been completely mad if they would have tried to go for it there. No. So, we go to punt and i don't understand why they're not practicing this kicking the ball to the end zone is the same as kicking it out of bounds at the 20 yard line yep. why are you trying to pin the ball deep with which which was not successful no, it, no margin of error if no you're, margin if of you're error between the 5 and yeah. the goal line you've got to get down there and catch it and i understand the concept and i see the pros do it and they're very good but you're dealing with college players and a, and a lot of funky elements today. So basically they get fooled by the, the return man. They come up too far and they miss it. It hits it about the five and then rolls into the end zone. Kick the damn ball to the corner where it's going to go out at the 10-yard line. I don't care if it goes out at the 10-yard line. Yeah. If it goes out at the 15, I might start complaining that you could be better at that job, but it's, it's still, still better. better. It's still better. And you have, just kick it, even if you're going to try to kick it where it hits inbounds, but right there on the sidelines, they're not going to walk, and if it happens to go out of bounds, they're not going to cheat you and walk all the way to the 25-yard line with it. They may, they may get it wrong by a couple of yards, but you're still going to be a net winner in that situation, and you're going to pin them 90 yards back instead of 80. Yep. That was really, really disappointing that, and continues to be disappointing as so many woes in our, in our kicking game um, continue to, to plague us. For sure. What else about the end of the game um, do we need to talk about? I
1: mean, I like I like that we let. I mean, Vinables came out and said he let Kansas score once yeah, they got down that there. That was great. I mean, Good job. Great, but it's just it's Proves one of those things where it's just like it, yeah, it's just like too little, too late. Um, and how many timeouts do we have at
2: that point? Mm. We had two. We had two. You because know why we didn't have three timeouts? I do
0: because we noticed it and I yelled about it and Jay noticed it and he yelled about it apparently at his TV. Because they chose after they took a delay of game trying to draw Kansas offside on a fourth down early in the third quarter on fourth down in a tight game where you know you're gonna probably need your timeouts.
2: They the first thing they did the first time right.
0: Yeah. They, well, they, the only thing they, the only thing I'd argue they didn't do right was execute it all the way. When when it's five seconds left on the clock, don't look over to the sideline and just start walking away yeah. or whatever yeah. where it's clear what you're doing. Go ahead and try run to draw all them the off Try to yeah. draw them offside It's
2: fourth and five. And we try to draw them sides. If
0: one of those guys is looking at the clock and, and decides yeah. to try and time it, he's going to be offside.
2: So then we take the delay of game instead of calling timeout. Fine. You, you go five yards back, you're punting, you're at midfield. That's the right thing to do. And then we send our punt team out there. Not all of them. Not all of them. We're missing a guy. Guy runs on the field. I don't remember who it was. Jacoby Johnson. Jacoby Johnson. And we take another delay of game, or what should have been a delay of game, but we burn a timeout instead. Br-
0: with, with, with just seconds to go, yeah. how do you not know you just did this same thing? Yes. Why would you take a timeout? Five more yards Why would, would not have been
2: that big of a deal yeah. on this punt. Uh-uh. We ended up punting it, if I remember right, to the 13. Uh huh. So, all in all, if everything worked out the same, they would have had the ball in the 18. Not and we still would have, had a, we would have had another timeout.
0: And we'd have that timeout. So, come
2: at the end of the game, when we get the ball with 55 seconds left or whatever it ended up being, with two timeouts, instead we have three timeouts. And then as the end on, unfolds, we end up having to throw it in the end zone on second down or whatever it was on the last play. But also, uh, on that drive, Dylan throws a ball to... Barnes, in the flat. that is oh. on just he's he's the checkdown guy. Checkdown guy. He throws it at his feet. Yep. No yep. one's around him. No one's around him. So if he throws, if he hits him in the chest, Barnes maybe gets ten or twelve yards and runs out of bounds or more, which yeah. is great. Yeah. So would have stopped the clock. Yeah. Instead, Barnes has to die for the ball and catches it. He he doesn't get to play enough, and it probably is that he doesn't get enough practice because he's the never get the ball running back. Yeah. That he goes down instinctually. And catches the ball, on you know dives to catch the ball on the ground for a two yard gain or whatever it was, and we have to use a timeout at that point. Which Just, I don't
1: think we did have to at that because I think we, they, we got a holding call there. We got a holding call on that play that backed us up ten yards, so it stopped the clock anyways.
0: Yeah, I think it was on that one.
1: But I don't know because wouldn't there have been a, a ten second runoff?
0: Yeah, or we I don't would think had there to was use a holding it. call. On that yeah, play. I think you're no, thinking of
1: the dry... No, there was. We got back. We got backed up ten yards on that
0: play. No, the holding call was on the. Was it on on the return?
2: That was on the play before. I thought because didn't Drake get the first down on the next play and then put Barnes in that situation? No, let me just check what you guys. Well, look it up. But
0: all of that stands about Barnes and the and the poor throw from Gabriel relates to one of Jay's points, or it's directly related. So he says, y- you, it's don't, time. you don't play Barnes all year, and then all of a sudden he's the crunch time running back? Yeah,
1: Matuire had a holding call on that play.
0: And I guess, <laughs> okay, well I guess when you're down on running backs the way they apparently are, that you, you're left with, with him as as the running back. Not Sawchuck? I don't understand it. I just don't know. I don't get it. Um, so just so much of what we would like to see out of this team with what they've already accomplished and what they've shown is coming up so short here at, at, at mid-season and pushing into the back half of the season. And when it is critical time, it, it really is concerning because I don't know where we're headed and what we'll actually be able to achieve. And so then I think that's kind of the next question is where do we go from here? What are our expectations? Let's start with something that we sometimes end with, which is what is your prediction for our record? How, how has it changed now? We're seven and one. I
1: don't know how we don't lose another one. I don't know how we. BYU. I know Kansas beat BYU, but I don't know how we go in a Provo.
0: Oh, that's not the game I fear.
1: I fear next week as well. Yeah. I mean Oklahoma State, and that. I didn't want to say it because they look they look good, man, and we don't. They've
2: learned how to run the ball. We're trending in separate. Is we're
1: trending in separate directions, especially offensively. Um, we've talked about the how OU should be able to put points up and put yards up against these subpar defenses, and we're not. And we can't. We're not everything. Everything offensively looks hard for us right now. Yeah, and no confidence in the. There's other no confidence in, in the coaching staff is not. Allowing players to gain confidence because they're rotating people in and out and not putting in guys that probably should be in there. And then when they are in there they're not getting the ball. So, um, I don't know. I mean So where are you? Ten and two? I'll say ten and two just to keep it a little bit optimistic, but I it wouldn't shock me if it moves to nine and three. Or so if I, it finished nine
0: and three. So I'll 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 <clears> echo <throat> that. I'm I've gotta say the expectation's ten and two. But I think there's a slightly greater chance we're nine and three than that we're eleven and one. We're not
1: showing any any
2: hope of getting better.
0: What do you think, Lucas?
2: I agree completely. I I would say ten and two. We probably lose to OSU next week. Um, but I don't think that the other two games or other three games. I don't know that any of them are any good. But it is a higher chance of being nine and three than it is eleven and one. It's going to be really
0: tough sure. to be eleven and one. <clears throat> and if you get into that position, and I definitely want us to be in that position, you're facing a difficult task in the conference title game. So uh, it does not get easier from here. In in fact, keeping your focus is going to be something that's going to be very difficult. One of the things that I'm optimistic about that we saw today as we were exiting, we were exiting right near the player's locker room and we saw a couple of the players come out and they looked angry they yeah, didn't saw. look sullen they didn't look sad they didn't look ashamed they they didn't look um beaten they looked pissed i saw isaiah co and, and jordan, jordan kelly. kelly and yep. todd bates was there too they looked like they they know that they left things unfinished and they're underachieving and they're better than this so i i saw some fire in that and i'm excited about it i hope that I'm not just reading into it as a homer, but I think that there's a chance to get things back on the right page. It's going to take. It's going to take some changes, though. It's not just like its attitude. And I will. Ha- I have to say, and I've never liked this line of reasoning that people give. Everybody wants to say they're going to quote unquote chew their ass at halftime and and they have a million other obnoxious uh, little metaphors and things they like to throw out there. It's not about that. And that's not our problem right now. It's not these guys that are lazy or um, not motivated. It's coaching that is putting them in bad positions and not giving them the right tools to execute. Certainly, we've got player problems um, like you always do where players are not perfect. They're not executing well. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not a matter of yelling at them, though, and like, oh, really? I didn't understand that I wasn't supposed to miss my assignment, miss a tackle, not uh, execute on offense. Now that you yelled at me, I'm going to go do it exactly right. That's not how it works. Um, And I think in particular in this game, that's really not what the problem was. The problem was, and the problem with this team is, coaching that is not getting the team into the right winning mindset and winning... Uh, opportunity set.
1: Yep. Well, and it's and again, I, I you guys may have touched on. It, I just didn't hear it. But um, back to the coaching real quick is the fourth down that Kansas has on their last last offensive drive, where we have an opportunity to to win the game, and we had those two timeouts that you guys mentioned, and that's when we choose not to use the timeout. So it's just stuff like that, and I know that. Brent is still learning some of this stuff, and, and we're, it's, a, it's a process in and of itself. But um, I agree holistically with what you said, Steve. I, I think a lot of this, where we're at right now, can be very much chalked up to the coaching and the the positions that they're not putting us in to win. So
0: it, It's definitely very worrisome. Um, it's hard to be optimistic about it. And partly that's because we fed the monster and our expectations are higher, but that's the nature of the beast. That's what we're trying to do. We're not trying to have mediocre expectations. We're trying to pursue excellence and excellence is, is something that is tough, tough to achieve and tougher and tougher to achieve as you really get towards it. Yep. Um, so I think we're seeing some of that and maybe we just need to be a little bit patient as fans. Maybe we need to understand this is just year two. There's still a lot of work to be done. There's still a lot of holes to be filled. Um, and in and another off-season, another recruiting class, another age of maturity, That everything's a lot better coming into next year. I'm just tired of waiting. But, and, and I, I guess to support that, we do seem to lack a lot of seniority, um, experienced seniority that is going to bring that maturity that you want out of that group and help you make i I don't know as a cohesive unit decisions made on the field you just that that lack of of true experienced leadership I think is showing a little bit right now um,
2: I'm gonna say I've given up on the offense for this year. I don't
0: think we'll get to a
2: point with four games left that this offense will show me anything that I think should happen. I agree. I agree with you. The defense is still dependent on, hopefully, recovery from injury. If Stutzman misses a significant time, we're in trouble. If Gentry Williams doesn't get back in significant time and misses, mm-hmm. then we're in trouble. Um, Peyton Bowen, even though he's a true freshman, the kid has shown every time he's on the field he makes plays. Uh, Pearson's going to miss the first half of next week because he got a, a sportsmanlike conduct for – diving at a quarterback who decided to slide short of the end zone. And late and, and he, sudden. And as he dove in, he turned his back and apparently hitting the back of your shoulder anywhere around their head and neck area is a penalty, which he was literally trying to avoid the contact after he inexplicably slid yeah. shy of the end zone. So a very questionable. that's a call I'll never understand. Very questionable. And so he's going to miss first half of next week because that was in the second half of this game. So, hopefully, Bowen can play. Um, we're going to need all the help we can get against Ollie Gordon. Um, if Canick's out there missing tackles, Gordon's going to have another 200 yards. He had almost 300 today. He think. had 196 today. Uh, I saw 270. I think, oh, he, is what I, oh I, he ran for more after that? I saw 270 well, earlier. He ran for quite a bit right at the end of that game. i you going to look it up. Um, Jeez. But I think we're, we're going to exactly need all the help right. we can get on yeah. defense. If Stutzman and Gentry are out... I don't see any way we hold OSU under 35, and I have zero confidence in this offense of ours that, that we're going to score
0: 35. I think that I think you really nail it, and I'd have to say I don't see any reasonable way you disagree with either of those two positions. Same on special teams. I don't see them getting any better. I don't really see how that could get to a point where we have much confidence in, in the aspects – really the kicking game, kicking the ball, field goal and um, uh, punting. That's going to just continue to plague us. Yet offensive confidence, just, there's no reason to have that confidence. It, it, we're going to continue to see them uh, run this, what seems like a more and more limited playbook, with filling it with plays that don't have a lot of upside potential. Nope. Not that it would be much better, but at least if you are throwing the ball deep every play, you've got the chance that one of those is a home run. Jet sweeps are not going to be home runs. We've got six guys. different ways
2: you can run a jet sweep, handoff or pass. Yeah. And and zero of those six different ways of playing have done us any good this year.
0: Yeah, very very minimal production, very minimal production, and it doesn't add up to much. Like you you're, you're grasping at straws for that occasional five seven yard gain to hang your hat on there. That's just not enough for as hard as you're working on that play. Uh, Another thing, not to get back into the weeds of the details here, but it is when we're talking about the motion that they're doing, it seems like they're running to the wrong direction Mm -hmm. after they put the motion there. And again, it's like that conservativeness that I think is, is a hallmark of Levy. He wants so many blockers out and is that because he's coached at lesser places that now, I mean, UCF back in the day, their schedule was so soft. I don't know if you'd really consider them playing, uh, you know, above their head in terms of competition. But when you were when he was in the SEC, I could see maybe you're doing that at Mississippi. But now you don't need to have extra blockers for every run. You right. can you if you want to ship those guys to the left that actually opens up the right side yeah. and vice versa. Yeah. Uh, because then you get matchups where it's, you you have fewer people that are able to even be in a position to make the play versus you're running into a crowd. I don't know why we keep running into crowds every every decision that they make in terms of play. <laughs>
2: other than Tommy Walker, who had great vision today. Very good, vision. I, mean, good, patience,
0: good vision. I mean, patience. how many, how many yards did, did he end up with? Hundred and sixty.
1: Jeez, right uh, let's man. see. I got it right here. 146. 146, and then he barely saw the field in the third and fourth quarter. Which yeah, I he think got hurt. He got hurt. Yep. I well, it's it's, it's it's there's a lot to be it's a lot to be concerned about. <clears throat> I'm I'm pretty nervous, especially going into this week against the an OSU team that's trending upwards. Um, we'll talk a lot about it in the middle of the week for sure. But yeah, um, it's it's it sucks when everything that we've been worried about it comes to fruition and the way it did today. Um, it seems a lot like 2021 where said we, we were nine thing. and 0 I
2: said the same going thing. into that Baylor game, but we, we had serious problems the last, especially the last like three or four games of that run <laughs> where we kept pointing out what we're doing isn't good enough to be sustainable mm-hmm. if we don't fix things, even mm-hmm. though it, we're close and all that kind of crap. Mm-hmm. Um, and then today it looked the same way. We we talked about it last week after we didn't feel that great of the UC, about the UCF win. And then we were hoping it was just a post Texas celebratory, you know, we just weren't ready to come back out and play again. And then today, as we were driving in, the line opened at ten last week. And then it was at nine and a half pretty quick. And then as of last night, it was eight and a half. And then, as we were driving to the stadium, it was seven and a half. And then I checked it about five minutes before kickoff, and the line was at seven. So the big money guys in Vegas knew something was up, and yeah. we we didn't. Yeah, we knew we had to execute, and
0: we didn't. Yeah, we didn't. We we fulfilled the, the well,
1: and it's even like in betters. It's when when you come back from fourteen points down, and you take a seven point lead. I expect a team to say to, to like I would have expected us to take the game over. Mm-hmm. It's like you, you go on a yeah twenty one, and we thought yeah. it was going to happen twenty one points unanswered. Yeah, and,
0: and we and we thought and we thought the rain delay would be really good for us, and it seemed like it was that mm-hmm. it really.
2: I I want to go on record saying I didn't think so because I've never like we've always had problems with rain delays.
0: Well, I think that I mean that's like saying <laughs> We always have problems with teams that wear purple or something. It's not. It can't possibly be relevant. Um, but with. The rain delay here, I think the logic is they were really hyped up. Things were working in their favor. And then this just took the wind out of their sails, threw a wet blanket on it. A third if you of the will. fans left. A third of the fans left. Yep. Um, they, it, it's going to be real demotivating for them. And we came out, it gave us a chance to make adjustments. It gave us a chance to get smart. And I think defensively, more so than offensively, we did that. And then after we go 21 unanswered, we falter. Yep. And gave we do the field
2: goal right. It was a twenty-one seventeen at twenty-one seventeen halftime.
0: Yeah, yeah, gave up that 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 um, field goal right at the end. So I don't know. It's uh, it it's very worrisome. It seems like Bedlam's coming at maybe the worst possible time for us, based on where we are and and the injuries and and the and how lack playing. of identity and then how well they're playing. So that's going to be a big challenge. Uh, It'll be interesting to see if it is as big a challenge as Kansas was for us today. I'll be really surprised if it's not. Uh, I, I think it'll be a bigger challenge. Um, this is a team that beat Kansas, so you've got to expect it's going to be very, very difficult.
2: I don't know if our guys are going to know what to do playing a two thirty
0: game. That's true. It is going to be a two thirty game. I don't know, a if I'm going to know game. what to do. So that's going to be kind of different. Yeah. yeah. So maybe that'll work in our favor somehow. It's so. better than a night game. Um, a night game would have been. Very much against uh, mm-hmm. the the away team. I'm gonna Doesn't
2: look like I'm going to that game. Um, don't know about y'all. TBD. Uh, um, but That'll I may have, have looking to, less and less likely. That may have to be one where I watch it on mute because of those stupid paddles on the wall. Mm. That's the worst. Mm-hmm. I'm glad after they first started doing that, the Big Twelve made them stop doing it during the plays. Yeah, but it's so.
0: Awful to hear on TV. It is very frustrating. Well, they're a high school team, so they are a high school team. We played and lost to a high school team today. We did, yeah. And that stadium, that fan base, it's a joke. that this—I could go on and on and on about it. And this is not sour grapes. I was saying it before the game. It, this is—it just—it's not. We we need to get out of this rinky dink league. Mm-hmm. It is really frustrating, and we need to be on to, to better pastures. But we got to play better. We got to play better to. To just do well in this league, much less worry about what we're going to do when we're in a, the more difficult SEC. Yep. Well, we'll be back with a midweek pod to discuss all of this and more. Looking forward to where we are in, in Bedlam. Maybe we'll have cooled off a little bit then, and we can have a, a different perspective. Maybe we'll we'll learn something that gives us a little more optimism. I don't know. Uh, again, thank you to our title sponsor for the the postgame pod, uh, Tobacco Exchange. Um, anything else to to share? i'm ready for this day to be over i am too sports suck i'm ready for (laughs) i'm ready for better times boomer Sooner. sooner